Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy. Once again, we're coming to you on this podcast, and we want to welcome all our listeners that are tuning in with us, that are listening. Uh, We're praying that you have been blessed. It's interesting because we started this journey. This is now our 10th podcast, uh, 10th consecutive day. We started about 10 days ago, uh, uh, just sensing the need to come out and and answering the question of what is going on. And we have seen many things transpire in the last 10 days, uh, not just around the world, but here in our nation. Uh, We have over now over 100,000 cases of the coronavirus since uh, we began. And so we've seen a really an increment that is growing by the day, more and more of what is taking place. And so this is causing us and causing many people today to ask the question, what in the world is going on? What is happening? Uh, What is this coronavirus? Is this something that's just going to pass away real quick? Or is God trying to tell us something? And so we have come together and we are coming with the word of God and speaking to you and seeing these things prophetically. What God is saying through the stories in the word of God and in the last two days, which was uh, podcast eight and nine, this is now our third day, we are, we've been speaking on the story of Lazarus. And this is where we're going to pick up our story again, because we are seeing so many uh, prophetic things and so many parallels and, and things that we can compare that we see through the story of Lazarus. And yesterday, as we, as we finished our, our podcast, we began to speak and Brother Fernando, you uh, brought a great point concerning the cry, the voice of Jesus calling out Lazarus. And we want to pick up our story there today. We ask our listeners to follow us, to to uh, get your Bible, and that you may be able to follow the story with us. And we pray that you have ears and eyes to see what God is saying. Brother Fernando, a delight to be with you. Brother Marty, Brother Jeremiah, it's good to have you guys today. And we're looking forward to what God has. Brother Fernando, would you take it from here, please? Amen. Amen. Greetings in the name of the Lord. I'm excited to be here again with uh, you men of God and opening up the word of truth uh, to the people. Uh, as you mentioned uh, earlier, yeah, the, the podcast on, on the story of Lazarus was so packed with information yesterday. I think we stayed another 30 minutes after the podcast ended just uh, talking about it, and, and and we didn't have enough time to, to go through everything, so we felt that we would revisit it uh, because it, it's an important story, the story of Lazarus, uh, it, because in the story of Lazarus, there's what we, we've called a, a Lazarus effect, uh, which sets in motion uh, prophetic events in the ministry of Christ, and, and it literally accelerates his ministry as he's, he's on his way to the cross, and it begins, it begins to do two things. It begins to reveal who the true church is, uh, but it also begins to reveal uh, the players, key players in regards to uh, uh, his betrayal and ultimately death on the cross. Um, and, and it's prophetic, and it speaks to us today. Uh, I believe that there is a Lazarus effect, if we have eyes to see, that is taking place in our midst. Um, we, 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 we read that Lazarus died and his death is representative of a traditional, uh, backslidden religion 
or well, started good, but it, it corrupted himself and it's dead. It's dying and it is dead. And we see signs of that by what took place uh, a few weeks ago with all of our churches closed on Sunday throughout the nation. And, and, and they have been closed. And I felt, we felt like the Lord has been telling us that this is a sign to the nation. Uh, with yes. the, with, by the closing of our churches, it's, it's really representative of, of the state of our nation. It's dead. They're closed. Mm. Right. So he's, he's, he's wanting us to really examine what's taking place and, 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 and how we will come out of this situation will be something completely different. Right. He's going to have a church that's, that's on fire, a church that, that has the presence of God in its house. Um, in, in John chapter 11, verse 20, it says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, right. See, there's two kinds of people in the church today, a Martha and a Mary. That's what we brought out yesterday. And, again, I, I want you to, if you haven't heard the podcast, to go back and listen to it. And that's what we're, we're trying to do here with this podcast. We're trying to reach out to a people that represent Martha to wake them up, yes. to prepare themselves yes. to go and meet Jesus, right, because they are the ones that are going to go to Mary because the Bible says of Mary that Martha went out, and when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary sat still in the house. So there is a Mary people in the church that needs to be reached and prepared and told because they find themselves in a situation where they're trying to understand what's taking place in these days. They're, 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 they're disillusional. They're uh, disenfranchised, right? They, they're tired of the, the kind of religion that they have been seeing for years. But in order for her to hear, God has to reach Martha first. And that's what we're trying to do is trying to reach out to a Martha people in the church so that they can do the, the evangelistic work. Because never before has there been a time where evangelism is going to be more effective, I think, in our nation. Right? But the verse that, that really stood out to me was in John 11:43. So we know in, in, in John 11:20 that the message was Jesus is coming, and, and Martha goes out to meet him. So what I feel the Lord was saying through John 11:43 is that this is the message that's going to get louder and louder and louder, right? And the Bible says this, yeah. and when he does had spoken, who? Jesus. He cried with a loud voice. I believe Jesus is crying to this nation, to the world, louder than ever. And he's crying out to his people, to a Lazarus church. He is saying, Lazarus, come mm -hmm. forth. Yes. Come to meet me. I am coming. And that's what stood out to me, and that's what we were speaking about amongst each other after yesterday's podcast that I felt the Lord wanted us to, to really talk about, because this is what we're coming forth with. The last 10 podcasts have really been that, and, and we've been praying, Lord, make this loud and clear to the people. You are coming. The signs are around us. You are coming. Prepare us to meet you. Amen? And, and that's, what I want, that's what I wanted to bring forth to the listeners today. And Brother Marty, it's all yours. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. No, that's really good. You know, what you just said there about what you see, it says that what you said, uh, 
that you believe that the Lord is speaking to the United States, to the church within the United States with a loud voice. And the question is whether we will hear or not. You know, but he is calling forth a generation of people that have been, for all intents and purposes, cast aside and under the tutelage of an establishment religion and the lack of the gospel being given to the people. Those that once had the the joy and the presence of the Lord were diminished down to a small remnant, which is what you were bringing forth earlier. In the, and, and we see that in the Lazarus story represented by Mary, Martha, and Lazarus being a small remnant. And, and, and Lazarus dying being typical of, of that which once was no longer existing in this nation. And, and so as we see in the story, and, and, and I would encourage you uh, to go listen to the last two podcasts, which have really set the stage for this. Jesus is brought to the grave, and and he brings Lazarus forth. But in verse 42, what we see is that we see the re, the 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 type, if you will, of 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 those that, or should I say, the impact of compromised religion, and and what it has had upon the true church that believes in the Lord. Remember what the Lord told Martha concerning his brother, you know, it, back in the 11th uh, chapter, verse verse uh, 25, he said, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So this gives us an insight into Lazarus. He believed on the Lord. Right. And so this is this is a group of people who have have reached this point and, and it really is a collective group of believers that have been reduced down to a remnant in this time. And like we've been talking about, because we're talking about the condition of the world right now and what it is that we see and what it is that we believe is going to happen when we begin to emerge from this global pandemic that has literally shut the doors of the churches and caused people to have to be sheltered in their homes, not seen since the days of Exodus when the great darkness covered the known world of that day and everybody was required to be in their homes. And now, so what we see here is that we have a a Lazarus-type generation that has passed away for all intents and purposes, a remnant that has has been a, a church that's been whittled down to a remnant of believers. And so Jesus yeah. comes to this, this group. And, and as we, as you pointed out so well in, in 1120, uh, it's into this climate that Martha leaves the house where everybody's crying because Lazarus passed away because she hears something. She hears that Jesus mm-hmm. is coming. Right. So that's what you're talking about is that there is in this pandemic we're experiencing and yet again, go back and listen to the last two podcasts so you understand what we're what we're talking about. This pandemic, remember, in, in John chapter 11, we're saying that it's a prophetic pattern of our time. Because in John chapter 11, what we're told is that the, a sickness came. A sickness came that resulted in a death, but out of the death comes something marvelous and beautiful, and at the same time, something very foreboding. So Martha hears in the midst of this trial and test that came upon her house, that Jesus is coming and she leaves the house and she goes to the Lord and he reveals to her that the resurrection is coming. She comes back to the house and, and gets her sister Mary and tells her the Lord is coming or the Lord is here. And so they both go out to him 
And then he takes them and begins to do something very interesting. Because when Mary comes to him, she says, Lord, if you had been here, right, my brother wouldn't have died. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And in essence, that is what has happened in our country and across the West when it comes to what the church used to be. The the removing of the true gospel of Jesus Christ in our time has caused a death to occur, a death from mm. orthodoxy, a death from from what we once knew and what our fathers had handed down to us. Because what we see right. happening at the time of Lazarus's death is that two kinds of churches emerged. There was the Martha, Mary, and Lazarus kind of church. And then there's the establishment in Jerusalem who had created a, an entire system where it literally controlled uh, and mandated the message that would go across the country, that is Israel of that day. It is very typical uh, to where we are living right now because we have a religious elite class, like we've been talking about, that for for the majority of the last 30 plus years has has usurped the authority for instance of the local church and 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 the simple expression of the gospel that was once the foundational uh, uh truth of this nation that bore blessings upon it and they became a sophisticated power elite and that's what we've seen rise over the last 30 years is that is that is that through media and through offerings and through kingdoms of their own making they have risen to a power structure that now basically kind of like i don't know if you can relate to this but remember you go into all kinds of small towns across america today uh and you'll see that many of those towns have become like little ghost towns why because amazon the distributor of everything kind of like grew up and became this massive you know, a uh, distributor of retail goods, and in 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 essence, put the mom and and pop shops out of business. Well, I'm using that example to say that is kind of what had happened in the West, especially in the United States of America, that this hyper charismatic Pentecostal ruling class, flush with cash, became this giant monolith, which has basically over the years caused a dwindling through its mega churches and, and the distribution of the message that it's shaped and formed for its own benefit for all intensive purposes put the local church out of business, so to speak. You're saying that the the Christian TV networks and mega churches around the nation created a spiritual monopoly for profit. Yes. I couldn't say it any better than that, brother. That's exactly right. And, and not just yeah. that. The, let's call it the Hillsongs of the world, the Bethels of the world, have that type of control over the worship and the songs yeah. that we sing in our churches today. So yeah. it is It is. It is no, to me, it is no accident that we find many people that are disillusioned with, you know, I, I see a, a, a very parallel there, what we're talking about. Remember when Jesus called Philip and he simply, he, he said, Philip, follow me. And what does Philip do? He's, he's a type of that Martha, right? Now Philip, beside was who was of the city of Andrew and Peter, he said he went to find Nathaniel, right? What is his name? Nathaniel, yeah, right? Nathaniel. Yeah. And, uh -huh. yeah, Nathaniel, yes. And said unto him, we have found him of whom yeah. Moses in the law 
the prophets did right. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And look, and look at Nathaniel. He said, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip simply told them, come and see. Mm. Come and see. And, and I believe that that's what God was telling, Jesus was telling Martha, was telling Mary, come and see. Come and see what I'm going to do. Come and see to all the disillusion. I'm going to do it as a witness to all of those that are surrounded. So we see also a parallel here with what we're talking about of, of a disillusioned church because of the monopoly of the control and power that it has over the people, not just in the times of Jesus, but also on this time as we're talking about today. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's why verse 32 of John chapter 11 what we, we can learn and glean some truth here for our time, right? Because it says, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, if you had been here, my brother had not died. So she's basically giving a commentary on the conditions, if you if you can understand it, what we're metaphorically speaking here. It is a commentary of all the Marys out there who basically – uh, you know, uh, you know, in their commentary of the condition of the church says the truth of the matter is, is he died because you weren't here, and that is what has happened mm. to many of the churches, is that is that they have died because the true gospel has been removed, the real Jesus wow. has been taken from them, and that is what she's saying, is that he died because you weren't here, you weren't allowed to be here. It was the aggressive nature of, of ridding you from the house that caused this condition to happen so that you would be far away from from, from the church that, that, that needs you. And so that's her comment. And, and so verse 33, Jesus, when he saw her weeping, now listen to this, because a distinction now is being made by the Spirit of God in verse 33. Jesus sees Mary weeping, but he also sees the Jews weeping. Now we know mm. that they don't even... Remember, they don't even care about Jesus, right? Remember, we were talking about that yesterday, how when Jesus says we got to go, you know, help Lazarus, his disciples says, man, over there, they want to kill you, Lord. Why do you want to go over there? But yet we see Mary weeping and the Jews weeping. So we have two weeping churches, if you will, but only one is a true cry. The other one is, is a fake cry, if you will. It looks like it's entered in. To what she just said she's crying because she says if you had been here now they're both crying our attention is drawn to them but only one of them said that now she says uh and then and so it produces a response in the lord it says that he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled two things a groaning in the spirit a deep groaning and and unsettledness began to overtake the lord at this very moment and, and we talked about that yesterday, which is what where we're getting to today, uh, what will bring us to today. The event of the resurrection of Lazarus set in motion and accelerated the ultimate uh, ending, if you will, of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ in his first ministry. It was going to lead to his crucifixion and, of course, thank God, his resurrection. But he knew that this was the moment. And this is why he was troubled. Prophetically speaking, as we have been talking about Lazarus, his resurrection, and the Passover season, the same is, is playing out in our time. Lazarus was overtaken with a sickness. Our times have been overtaken with a sickness. 
things are dying and will die. But we're going to come out of this sickness with the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the Lazarus, Mary, and Martha remnant. But it will also redefine, if you will, the structure of the church, because even the megachurch isn't going to be the same when it comes out of this. It will set in motion the same prophetic pattern that we see play out in the story here in John chapter 11, 12, 13 to the end of the book. Because what begins to happen out of this Lazarus resurrection is two churches are defined and two things emerge which foreshadow what the scriptures portray will happen in the end of time. Now quickly, first thing he says is, where have you laid him? And then in other words, they said, Lord, come and see. He's basically saying that remnant, that, 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 that beautiful church that had been reduced almost to nothing now and has, in, a, in essence, it has died. Yeah. It's almost, you're hard-pressed to find what used to be the wonderful moving of the Spirit amongst the churches. And like Brother Jeremy pointed out earlier, all the church doors in America are closed. And not only in America, but across the world. All the right. places of worship are closed. It's very symbolic. And so, but what Jesus says to, to, to her is, where did you lay him? And they say, come and see. He's trying to, to prompt a response, right? And that's what he's trying to do now. Like you were talking about earlier, Brother Fernando, he cries with a loud voice, come forth, right? He, he, he wants right. them to understand that if you want to see the resurrection power, then you're going to have to take me and bring me there. In other words, bring Jesus mm. to this situation. Yes. I don't care how well, dead it looks is what he's saying. He's saying, bring me there. You have to bring him there. I mean, he could, he's God. He knows where he's at. But there's a principle here. He's trying to reignite the thing that they let go. And that's what he's speaking to the, to the countless remnant out there that are listening and shall listen to these podcasts. Is he speaking to you? And he's saying, now is the time that you're going to have to get me and bring me to your situation, and I'm going to resurrect it. It's going to be different. It's going to come alive. Because even though it's died, like he told Martha, still resident within the heart of your dead brother, so to speak, is a belief in me. And it's enough of a belief that if I activate it with my voice, he'll hear it, and he'll come alive. Like God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 It's almost it's so we almost like we took it it's almost like we took it for granted, brother. It's like the Lord is saying, Look, you would show up to church and you took it for granted that I was there. And I would yeah. move by my grace. Yeah. But 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 with the churches completely shut throughout the world, he's basically saying, Those days are over. I am not yeah. coming to your church. I am not coming to your gatherings unless you bring me there, unless you Praise proclaim God. me. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. powerful. That's a good. Yes. Jeremiah, do you have something to say? No, I, I believe that it's completely true what you're saying, and, and it's very powerful what you pointed out, how they need to bring Jesus there to the situation. And it really it shows a picture of, of our churches and how Jesus is outside of the church. He's not in the church. Yeah. And, and it's the true, the true remnant that's going to bring Jesus there to the church because they know that he needs to be there or they're going to die. Wow. Yes. That's Amen. powerful that's because 
Yeah, that, that's powerful because what we see here is that even though Jesus, remember, he took a couple of days to get there, right? But it was done right. purposely. And what it did is that it gathered the people, all of them. It kind of reminds me of, of that story. Remember when Jesus went to that city called Nain, where that widow woman had um had lost her only son? Yes. The Bible says that many of his disciples went with him and much people. That represents one crowd that was walking with Jesus. And it also says that when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city with, with her. This is a second crowd. A second crowd that was with, you know, remember what we read, the Jews were crying with Mary, but in reality, what we see is that crowd that was with the widow was one that was about to encounter Jesus. And we know what happened, right? The Lord Caesar had compassion in her and says, weep not. She, he tells the young man, I say unto thee, arise, right? And he that was yeah. dead sat up, began to speak, and he delivered. My point is this. At the end of, the, at the end of everything, there came a fear on all the people. And they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen among up among us and that God has visited his people. Ultimately, what we're seeing right now, that something that maybe the devil meant for evil, it's really an opportunity right now, what we're speaking right now, for God to visit his people. Yes. Once again. Amen. No, absolutely. So, you know, no, no, absolutely, and 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 that is what we're saying, right? Is that is is that when we you reflect on, we're using this story and believe it is a it is a prophetic foreshadow of our time right now. And again, uh, so what you're saying is is absolutely correct. The events that 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 surrounded the death of Lazarus and the and the and the time that Jesus took and waited till he came, which mm. is what you were just pointing out. It, it 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 shows us how God thinks, mm -hmm. and how yes. God and, and how God does things, because because every kind of of emotion of thought of expression of activity, all of it began to like bubble to the surface, and 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 people began to be moved and 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 collated in different spiritual compartments. And so whether it be the, the Jews that come from the headquarters and, and, and come to the house after Lazarus dies to try and comfort the sisters, or it's a Martha leaving the house when she hears Jesus is coming, or it's Jesus dealing with his disciples saying, we got to go raise Lazarus from the dead, and they're freaking out because they're afraid for their lives, but he's taking them into danger. Or whether, as we close the the broadcast today in in, in a little bit, uh, we'll, we will see that that it actually also produces a response that goes all the way to the very seat of power in the religious establishment. Mm. And so, wow. all of these and many other issues are being uh, troubled or agitated. And so, when surfacing. something like we are, what's that? Surfacing. They're surfacing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is a trial by fire, right? It is a refiner's fire. That's what we were talking about a few podcasts before when Peter talks about, uh, you know, don't think it's strange, brother, when if, if a fiery trial has come upon you, right? It, it, it's not a strange thing. It is, it is 
it is a it is a flow of the spirit and especially when prophetic events are beginning to unfold it is how god moves and and when god begins to move remember this it always seems to be out of nowhere to the undiscerning but the truth of the matter is is that it is always under his control and for his purpose and and like he told israel of old before it was judged he said hey I sent my prophets to you well in advance. I sent them early to you, rising early, he said, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't listen. And so when the judgment actually begins to fall, people are freaking out everywhere because they're like, what happened? Where did this come from? I mean, we just were at a New Year's Eve party and, you know, (laughs) eight weeks later we're in quarantine. I mean, what's going on? Right. So all kinds of things. I wasn't at no New Year's Eve party, but you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> I know but the Marty at a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'd be the most boring dude there. I would be asleep in the corner. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so, Brother okay, Marty, so I got a question. I got go a question. Go so, so what we're saying is that in the middle of this crowd that was there in the story of Lazarus, we had people that were disillusioned people that were weeping, all types of emotions. We had the elite there. We had uh, those that were curious about what was going on, right? Uh, Those that were there just because to see what was going on. So we had all this, what seems like chaos taking place. And Jesus finds himself right in the middle. He comes there in the middle of this chaos, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, so that's my question. So, yes, so it looks like we have all these types of, of, of spirits, all these types of emotions, like you're saying, that found yeah. themselves right there in the middle of the crowd. And this and, is and that's Jesus what Jesus comes to. Yeah, and that's what we're saying right now is that we're headed to a Lazarus effect. We're headed to a resurrection for the remnant church. See, but all leading up to it, remember, it affects every aspect of society. And remember, we're also headed yeah. to a Passover, right? And it's interesting, like we've been pointing out, that the Lord has had this take place as we're headed into Easter, as we're headed into a Passover season. Nothing happens by accident. And if you're trained in the ways of the Spirit, you can see and recognize God is speaking. Now, then again, back here, like we started off, let's just review real quickly. She said, if you had been here, Lord, it's a commentary. It's a commentary. Uh, on on the condition, if you had been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. It is the same commentary we have today. Jesus has been removed, and so the the, the remnant, it seems, for all intents and purposes, has been rendered irrelevant and has reached the point now where the church house is even shut and people can't even gather. And so he says, where have you laid him? And they say, come and see, and that's what we were talking about. He's saying the first thing that's going to happen out of this pandemic or out of this sickness in Lazarus time is you're going to need to get a hold of me and bring me to the place where where that which died um, has been placed. And until you do that, I will forever uh, not be able to do anything for you, basically. But remember, like we pointed out earlier, he tells Martha, he that believeth on me, though he were dead, Yet shall he live. There's a whole bunch of people out there that have for for almost, you know, basically have rendered themselves 
in a position of, of death that is a death to an aspiration that God was still able to move in a religious culture gone insane. But there is a deep-seated belief on the depth of their spirit because they had real encounters with Jesus. When, when, when Jesus is brought back to them, they will hear his voice and it will raise them up. They're going to come out of it. And now listen, it's going to require a joint effort because remember, there's a Mary and a Martha that are still there and they have, they have an obligation now that Jesus has come to them to do something. And so it says in verse 38, Jesus again groaning in himself, he comes to the grave and it was, and listen to the, what this grave is like. It's a cave, verse 38, and a stone is upon it. You can't get much deader than that, right? <laughs> I right. Mean, the cave is 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 to me it, it it just it's just such a a representation of of just how how deeply uh, removed from the scene it has truly become at this point. And then the stone upon it is to is reflective of 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 a conclusion that says, I guess it'll never be again. And so what mm. the Lord says is you need to take away that stone, whatever it is that blocks your ability to look at that thing again and to believe that it can come alive, take it from your eyes, remove it and create an opening so that should I come and speak with a loud voice, there will be no hindrance. It must be so that it can just simply flow out of the opening that you must create by my command and by my direction. He gives them the precise instructions on what to do. He, and, 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 and they bring him to that place, and then he instructs them. Until they bring him, they will never hear in the spirit. But once they brought him, he was able to communicate, now's the time, take away this stone. This is what is going to happen and what is happening. Amongst the remnant church, that is the, 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 the true believing what they call the old-fashioned church, right? The ones that still know how to get a hold of God, the ones that love the Lord, the ones that serve him and worship him, that still know how to weep under his presence and that obey him every step of the way. Those who have cultivated a relationship with him, those are the ones we're talking about. And he tells them, take away the stone. But Martha says in verse 39, but Lord... By this time, he stinketh. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> the whole scene is totally corrupted, right? It, it, and and, right. and it, it's it's dead. That's what she's saying. By now, it's like almost, it's way too late, Lord. You know, it's just over. I mean, even if I do this, it's like he's corrupted. He's gone. And, 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 and then she said, and then he says in verse 40, but didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Mm. See, the reason that God allows things to get to this point, he allows it in order to demonstrate his glory. He wants us right. to understand that this is, this is a sovereign act of the Spirit. See, as long as we keep Lazarus alive, we can only view Jesus in a certain way. But when mm. God allows something to die, then nobody gets the glory but God yes. and the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And that's what right. this thing is all about that we're experiencing right now. 
a new expression is going to come forth from this amongst the people that love the Lord, but they will they will also understand only God could have done this, not my plan, not my program, not my midweek you know Bible study, whatever it may be, whatever, and not my rebranding, whatever. This is a God thing, and so man, that's powerful, right? And so verse 41 says, then, right? Do you see that, brothers, in verse 41? Then. That first word is then. All of this is not possible until then. It's it's precision. It's it's order. It's structure by the Spirit. Everything must be done decently and in order by the Spirit. So then they took away the stone. They could have said Jesus has come in and rolled away the stone before he got there, but nobody believed it could possibly happen, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, so, so then they took away the stone from the place, my God, listen to this, if you can hear with the Spirit, from the place where the dead lay. Mm. Take away that stone, right? So then Jesus lifts up his eyes and he says, Father, I thank you, you've heard me. And listen to this. I know that you always hear me, but what? But because of the people which are standing by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And mm. then that's where brother, mm. that's where that's where brother Fernando steps in and, and and began to minister this morning, where he says, and when he had spoken like this, he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, yeah. look at Lazarus. Lazarus comes out, right? But look at verse 44. Because it's reflective of what the culture, if you will, as we're talking metaphorically here, has done. The spiritually backslidden culture and religious elite has done. Because when he comes out from the dead, he comes out and it's reflective of what they did to him. He's bound hand and foot and covered with grave clothes. And even his face, which is supposed to reflect the glory of God, has has a napkin all around it. So we see his hands, his feet, his covering, and, and the glory of God had all, by the spiritually decadent time and backslidden nature of the establishment, produced a result that hindered what he did, hindered where he went, hindered what he wore, if you will, as, as a covering and remove the glory of God from him. And so Jesus says, loose him and let him go. What's going to be restored now is a full expression. The exchanging of of that which was clothing by the end when it died, that old move of God is going to be is going to be completely freed and 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 receive garments of the presence of God. And 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 that's where we come to today. We've got about about a few minutes left. But now, anybody have anything to say at this point? Okay. So it was this very thing, man. And that, now this brings us to our prophetic truth today. Verse forty-five. A couple of things are going to happen because we've set forth the premise that the Jews that came to comfort her came from headquarters. We talked about it was almost uh, patronizing. It, it's reflective of our time of a 
of a of a, of a church that patronizes the the humble and the simple, right? Everything's got to be bright lights, cameras, you know, fancy clothing and big mega seat arenas. I mean, that's that's the church, right? Well, no. <laughs> and it's almost like when Lazarus dies, it's like they come from headquarters because it says back in the in in verse 18 that that Bethany where they lived was near Jerusalem, right? That's where they came. It was like a couple miles away. So they 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 came and and they seek to comfort Martha and Mary because Lazarus is now dead and it's almost like patronizing like telling them okay now you see you know this thing isn't really the move of God and they kind of fill the house right and and it, it it's like that it's a patronizing thing but something beautiful happens because when Lazarus comes forth in their midst they're going to see something and i believe we're going to see this that when we come out the other end of this virus uh, in in the sense that when we're able to emerge and return to some sort of semblance of normal life, what you're going to see, because we're talking in, specifically about the church now and its condition in this country and across the West, what we're going to see is that many of the Jews, verse 45, which came to Mary, when they saw the things that Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees. So what we're going to see coming out of this is that there will be those who had been existing in a compromised, uh, elite, hyper-charismatic, backslidden, Pentecostal, megachurch society. They're going to see Jesus expressed for the first time through this, and they're going to believe on him and leave those churches and come to the church of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, if you will. But, incredible. <laughs> but, the other half of them, right, are going to go back to the system. And this is what we're talking about because this is very prophetic. And I know yeah. this is hard because most people, they don't even hear the word anymore. So what we're talking about, please go back and listen to these because by the time you get to this program after listening to the rest, you're going to have received an education in spiritual interpretation of the scripture that maybe you haven't considered before, at least we prayerfully submit that. Not because of us, but how we've been trained in the things of God by great men and women of God from the past, and of course by the Holy Spirit who instructs us in these things. So with that in mind, what we're going to see coming out of this pandemic is going to set in motion a division, because that's what happens, is that, that after the resurrection of Lazarus, the events that are immediately recorded by John in his gospel there, it, it tells us that two things are going to emerge. One is a church of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and Jews who had not ever seen the demonstration of Jesus leaving the establishment and joining themselves to that beautiful remnant church that has the glory of God and an intimate fellowship with Jesus uh, as he sits at the table with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary in chapter 12, verse 1. But We'll get to there in the coming days. But now listen to this. It says that, but the other ones, this is their reaction. They go back to the Pharisees and they tell them what Jesus had done. Now, what this triggers now is verse 47, right? It says that that the other, in essence, that other crowd gets even harder. Think of this, brother, that Jesus himself shows up, resurrects a man from the dead. And it wasn't enough to impact their hardened hearts to repent and proclaim him as Lord and to receive him. 
So what I'm telling you is this mega church, this establishment religion, this corrupt system that has not been able to go meet in its mega churches since the since the United States come under the judgment of this plague, if you will, when they come out the other end of it, they will not be repentant. They will not turn from their ways. They will only entrench themselves even harder and they will become that church that will that will fall away completely and and seek to destroy the presence of the Lord among them to such an extent that it makes way for the coming wicked one. But we'll get into that in the next few days. But now look at we're gonna see what happens. It's out of this event that, that verse forty seven says the chief priests and the Pharisees, what do they do? They take a counsel and they say, What do we do? For this man does many miracles. What they're gonna sense when they come out of this, brothers, and when we're talking to the church people now, when they come out the other end of this pandemic thing, they're going to realize the very question that these men asked, what do we do? In other words, we've kind of lost control over a segment of the people, right? We do yeah. it's we've lost control and something happened away from their sight, right? Hello. <laughs> Listen to what I just said. Something this happened completely away from their own discernment because it required the few that had witnessed the resurrection who didn't worship Jesus even out of that demonstration. They went and told headquarters what happened. So headquarters didn't realize that the whole time while they're up there being all religious and elite and well connected, right? Something was happening underground. My God, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, man. And, and, and they have to be alerted to it. And when it finally dawns on them, they're like, man, half our buildings are empty now. What happened? <laughs> what do right. we do? We cannot deny that God has moved. And, and, and what do they do? They say this. They come to this conclusion. If we leave him alone, verse 48, everybody's going to believe on him. In other words, everything we've built over the last 30, 40 years here in this backslidden Babylonian false church is now going to be threatened. And if we don't do something, a whole move of God is going to follow the true and the powerful resurrected demonstration of Jesus, the true church. We've got to do something. That's basically what they were saying. And yeah, that's what they're going to yeah. say. But now, listen. What 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 do they say? Look at what he says here. He says, if we don't do something, what? The Romans are going to come. And they're going to take away our place and our nation. So they're concerned and they, about the global government, right? It's the first time that we have our attention turned to Rome in this whole story. It is a foreshadow of how after the sickness, after the resurrection, after the dividing of the two churches, our attention is first turned to Rome, almost as if the Spirit is saying, prepare for what you're going to see coming out of this. It's going to be global. It's going to be Roman-like. Are you there? <laughs> mm, amen. Powerful. Powerful. He says the Romans are going to come. If we don't get a handle on this, the Romans are going to come. And then look at after that, whether they say, they say, uh, and, and we'll lose our place. 
So they have mm. a crisis, right? We've got to kill this Jesus and his followers, really, or the global government is going to come take away all the things that we've enjoyed to this point. They're more Incredible. concerned about losing their position. They're more concerned about what the political system will think about what's actually taking place amongst their church than they are about embracing the Lord who has come to them and said, I'm shutting your churches that you might reflect on something. A resurrection is going to take place. If you don't receive me, this is what's going to happen to you. And that's precisely what happened out of the event 2,000 years ago in the account of Lazarus. They'll take away our place, our position, and what? And our nation, which is representative of their ministry, right? Because they were the caretakers of the nation, the children of Israel. So they're worried about their political influence. They're worried and, and, and begin to mention this global government. It's a foreshadow of the time. And I'm telling you, we're going to come out of this and we're going to see everything that we've always heard about is already in motion. We're going Marty, to see, yes. So what was important to them was not the people. Was not I the never. That they were, you know, the one that they were talking about was there in front of them. They could not recognize him. So what was important to them to speak in these days was their 501C. What was important to them was their relationship they have to the president now, right? So what was important to them is every the things that they enjoy, the freedoms. That's what they were more worried about and not the soul. Jesus was worried about the sheep. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's a powerful point, what you said uh, in that. You said they did not recognize him. Brothers, the preachers in the in the in the mega church establishment across this country right now, and I know that people, some people that have been listening to these podcasts have, uh, we have heard and have got back to us. Uh, you know, they they're not really understanding what we mean by the mega church. What we're talking about are the religious elite, those that pull the levers of power that influence even the the mid level churches. Uh, the 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 thousand people churches, the two hundred and fifty people churches, down to the smallest churches, they affect it all. And yeah. and, and 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 let me and say is, this: and they are now ahead. influencing. They are even influencing the decisions of our president. That's correct. Go ahead, elaborate on that a little. Yeah, no. It, remember, he says he wants to get back to work by Easter. Why did he mm-hmm. say Easter, which is which is a religious feast, right, for us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why didn't he because, say? Why didn't he say mid mid April? Right. 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 You have these the uh, false prophets at his ear, telling him number one, they 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 they're telling him that he there's a purpose and a destiny in his life that's spiritual and he's some sort of messiah for America and Israel, and 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 by what they're saying and praying in their prayer meetings that they're praying this virus out and that it's going to come and go and it's going to wash off from the shores of our nation, you know, those are things that they're saying to him, okay? So he's saying we're going to get back to work uh, by Easter, and then you have the doctor expert behind him like, whoa, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's that's not what's happening because we're, we're seeing the virus continue to break out. Those are lofty goals. So where is he getting this stuff from? And that's what the people have to consider. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. How much is our president being influenced by false prophecies? Yes. Yeah, tremendously so. So it's not just the people in the churches that are being influenced and deceived, but they have reached, right, just like in the times of Ahab. He had a, 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 a woman there by the name of Jezebel who was, uh, who was religious, demon-possessed, satanic, right, who was influencing his decisions politically and spiritually. Yes. Are we there? That's, yet? That's something that the listener has to come to their own conclusion about. But what the Bible has given us insight on and revelation on, that that's exactly what took place in Jesus' day. So don't yes. think that it cannot happen in our day. That's exactly, well, we see it, exactly right. We, we see it in the book of Acts, the culmination of, of this persecution that the church came under. You know, for example, in, in chapter 12, when the Bible says that at the time of Herod, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. So we see that what you're talking about, Brother Marty, today is that it, it came to fruition and we saw it in the times of the book of Acts, a, a great persecution that came against the true church. And it came from the apostate church. It came from those same religious leaders that opposed mm-hmm. Jesus, now find themselves. And then Herod also, in turn, trying to please, right? Which is what yes. we see, our, you know, in a sense, our president doing the same thing, appease all these religious leaders uh, appearing, you know, to do whatever it, it can to appease them. But what it caused and what it caused is a persecution that that went against the church. That, yes. You know, that's how, the, that's, that's how the church started, in persecution. And those are the very days that we're heading into. Now, as that's right. And as we get, those are the very days we're headed into, correct. And as we go forward in these podcasts, they're really beginning to, to unfold now because we we've we've been led of the Lord to this point, but but we haven't even really begun to uh, fully unfold what we're what we're about to, by the grace of God, reveal to those who can hear and those who can see. Remember, and we're not going to get into it today, but we'll we'll just mention it a little bit because we've been talking about what's going to come out of this pandemic. We just begun to unlock something here in verse forty-eight, where mm-hmm. where we're understand that that out of this, because you guys have been talking about, you know, the religious counselors around the president in this country and, and how politically well connected they are, what they are really worried about, is it conceivable that these mega ministries, and we know it's true, are, are beginning to feel a financial pinch already? Brothers, Without a shadow we've talked of a doubt. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And remember, remember we, we, uh, we were talking about the gross absurdity of certain ministries uh, in the South and across the rest of this country on television, on radio, on Internet. Uh, in the midst of the beginning few days of when, 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 when it began to dawn on our leaders and, and on those in this country that something, this virus had come, they, rather than then uh, beginning to, at that point, call the church to prayer, which they should have been done, doing before that, and repentance, that maybe God would hold this thing off our shores. Instead, they began to raise money in the midst of Brother, it. I'll give, I'll give you an example of one ministry, and they're based out of Louisiana. During all this, they're raising up money doing a telethon, and one of the preachers there 
is uh, chastising and making fun of the people who are buying food and, 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 and hoarding, basically calling them idiots for doing it. Well, mm-hmm. we wake up this morning, and Louisiana is a hot spot or, or a red zone for the virus. Think about that. That's that's incredible. And, and it's almost that. as if, right, I mean, that's just incredible. And in the midst of it raising money, right, actually, in the midst, at yeah. the heart of, and, I, and I don't even want to talk about, you know, motive here, but it sure is fishy to me that what you're yelling at the people is, is that they took some money and bought a few extra, you know, loaves of bread and some eggs, right? And, and But really, that could have been sent to us. It's disgusting. See, that's, that, yeah, that's what, the, that's what they're saying. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely disgusting. And this is what we already see, isn't it, brother? Because that's what we're seeing uh, revealed to us out of Lazarus' story. There are only two options here. The church doors have been shut. Now, you're either, gonna, you're either going to yield to what it is that God's trying to say, or a spirit is about to overtake you and has already begun to overtake them. Because because one will come out of it resurrected and filled with the presence of God, uh, that is a Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and the others who will join alongside when the true Jesus is revealed, in a sense, as you were, the gospel restored. But the other, the well-entrenched establishment, is going to go into perdition. They're going to become the transgressors. They're going to become the ones who take finally and forevermore they're going to remove the Lord from the from their midst. They are in control, and they're in cahoots with a global government, and they will turn on the true. We'll talk about that in the coming days, but we see a foreshadow of it in this in this 48th verse. If we leave him alone, we're going to lose our ministries. Right? Everyone's going to believe on him, and and then and then immediately John by the Spirit draws our attention to the Romans. Because that's who they were concerned about. The Romans were a global power. And what I'm telling you, right. and what I believe the scripture is revealing to us, is that a global power is going to come out of this. A unifying of, of, the, of, of the global powers. A blurring or removing of nation-state lines, just like it was pro- 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 uh, prophesied in the book of Revelation, will happen. Which we'll get into, I pray, as we go on in the coming days and next week, if the Lord allows. Now listen, so the Romans, our attention is drawn to a global government. But notice that is that is what this compromised establishment is going to become. It all the while refuses, even in these times with the church doors shut, to come out and quit prophesying the virus off the shores of America. You can't even recognize when judgment has come to your door. God has shut the door because he doesn't really want to hear what you have to say anymore. And he's giving you a chance in this interim <laughs> to, to repent of your sins, but you won't. You won't repent because like Caiaphas revealed, he said, what really matters to us is our place, our position, our cushy jobs, our Lear jets, our multiple mansions that we call parsonages, our $5,000 Imani suits and $2,000 Italian calfskin shoes. I mean, that's all we really care about, our trophy wives and our multiple Christian cruise vacations and the coffers being full. We don't want to lose that, and neither do we want to lose our nation. That is our control over Christianity as a whole. But as a result of this, 
you're going to see what they move to do. It goes on because this goes to the very top, verse 49. One of them named Caiaphas being the high priest that same year says, you all don't know nothing at all. You know nothing at all. Nor consider that it is better for us that one man should die for the people and then, then the whole ministry come tumbling down, the whole nation perish. And this, he wasn't speaking of himself. Check this out, verse 51. But he prophesied yeah. that Jesus should die for the whole nation. And as we go on in our studies in the coming days, what you're going to see is Jesus, like we talked about early on in these podcasts that the Lord had us start, he embodied in his first coming, his first earthly ministry, he was the church. He was the whole church embodied in, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. When he rose from the dead and people began to be born again, we became the church and he's the head over his church. We are his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. But when you see this prophetic turning of the establishment on the Lord, in essence, you're seeing a foreshadowing of what the book of Revelation predicts. And that is that a false church will turn on a true church, which is the body of Christ, and seek to kill it one more time. But it will culminate not just with the... Re not just with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on the third day. It's going to culminate with the resurrection of those uh, that, that, that are dead in Christ rising first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Lord will come, as you read in Revelation chapter 19 and 20, to execute judgment upon the un ungodly. That is where we are right now. We are headed to this. Now listen, let's close with this, because we just we're just opening this up. The resurrection of Lazarus set in motion a division between the real church and the false church. The false church right. is going to come out of this. But what we are saying by the Spirit is we are going to see the evolution of a global power emerge, just like the Scripture prophesied in the book of Revelation and amongst the prophets, and just as we see a foreshadow of it here, that, that they sought to kill Jesus. They sought to remove him off the scene and to maintain their status, their ministries, and to be uh, accepted by the Romans. What we're going to see coming out of this is a separation between the true. The false church is going to become its full, its full expression. God shut the doors of the worship houses in order to get their attention. But if you've been paying attention to what they're doing in this, they are actually corrupting themselves more and more. But there is a remnant that God is speaking to. They're hearing something now. They're beginning to understand that Jesus is coming to us and that he's coming soon. And he's about to pour out his spirit upon you and me in a way and all those that are listening out there and that are hungering for his return. A renewed sense of glory and presence of the spirit and a fellowship and a fragrance of the spirit and an intimacy with Christ. And then the end shall come. Jesus is coming. Can you guys close for us today? Amen. Can Amen. I read something before we close? Yeah. Um, out of Jer Jeremiah 51, um, verse 7, you said that the Babylonian system is in the church, and, and it's so true. The spirit of the age is overtaking the church, and Satan, and the false church, not the true church, the false church, and Satan is, yeah. is, is putting his seat 
in that false church, and he's controlling it, and he's going to completely control it. That's where we're heading. But the Bible says this in Jeremiah 51, 7. This is heavy stuff. This is real heavy stuff. We haven't even got into the heavier things. And no, it's very difficult haven't. to say these things. It's very difficult. Yeah. To say. We don't say this, you know, poke fun of our nation because we live in this nation. You know, we we have children, I, I right? For this, I have yes, I have children. We have family. I have family in the yeah. Bay Area. Yeah. They're in complete lockdown. I'm praying for them. You know, yeah. so these are things that that we are prayerfully coming to you and declaring. All right, this is a serious time, and it calls for serious people. And it says, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken of her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Think about this. A picture of what's taking place in our churches in America and around the globe. They're closed. Howl for her. Take bomb for the pain. If so, be she may be healed. We want the church to be healed. But then Jeremiah declares this, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her. Let us go everyone into his own country, for her judgment reached unto heaven and is lifted up even to the skies. It's dead. Mm-hmm. This old system, this old religious compromise system is dead. It is beyond healing. God is not going to bring a renewal, a revival to this false church. He tried to reach out year after year, decade after decade, but they refuse to be healed. So they are beyond healing. God is turning his eyes on the true church, and he's going to heal us, and he is healing us through this pandemic. Amen? It says, the Lord hath brought for our righteousness, there it is, and let us declare in Zion the work what? of the Lord our God. Yes, that's Amen. the light right there, right? That's what he's bringing to his people, and that's the purpose of this. Babylon is being judged, and but yet it is going to bring forth righteousness in his people, and those in Zion, if you will, spiritually speaking, will understand Amen. what it is God is actually doing, right? And unless we forget, read verse 13 to us, brother, would you? Uh, it says, O that dwellest upon many waters. Oh, man. <laughs> Abundant in treasures. Who does that sound like? What thy did he say? Is come in the measure of thy covetousness. Incredible. Sounds like Sounds like America to me, right? <laughs> It, it very well could be, and and that is something that we need to understand, and we're talking to the church to comfort them. See, the issue has always been that that we are looking for a city that has foundations, whose builder and maker is not men, not your favorite preacher on the airwaves. The builder and maker of this city is the Lord God Almighty himself, the master builder, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Everyone is being asked the question, what do you believe? And our home, our future, our destiny, and throughout the ages, our reward 
is in that kingdom which is coming, that new heaven and that new earth. And that is what we're longing for, and that is what we believe and why we are we are doing our best to seek God and, and begin with all our might to tell you what it is we believe the Spirit is showing us. We, we encourage you to, to, to turn to him while we have yet time, because the night is upon us, the shadows are growing long, and the day is about to give way to the night. But we encourage you today to turn to the light, to the blessed light of the Lord Jesus Christ, for he is our hope, he is our peace, he is our salvation, and our soon coming king. Brother Jeremy? Amen. I, I just want to add, um, I remember hearing a, an old gospel song recently, and the song is called The Hour of Visitation. And I believe mm-hmm. we as a as people of God and, and even just the whole world, I want everybody to know that this is the hour of visitation. And the Lord is visiting his people. And one of two things is going to happen. To those who truly believe in him, he's visiting them to comfort them and to strengthen yeah. them for what's coming ahead. But he's also going to cause a division between those who are really his and those who are fake. And I believe we're going to see that because the Lord is visiting his people. And when he visits his people, he's strengthening those that are his, but yet judging those that have been fake for too long. My goodness. That's good. That's very true. Yeah. Praise God. Very, very, very true. This is tremendous, man. The the moment we hit verse 48, it, it seems like we're going into another dimension now. We you are. know, we have been seeing how how Jesus came, the climate. This is powerful. The climate, we're, we're getting ready to close now, but the climate in when Jesus came to this earth, where the elite, the the religious, uh, the hierarchies of, of, of religion in the churches, it, they were in a condition so terrible, so bad. There were many demon-possessed people, people confused, disillusioned, and that's the time when Jesus appeared on this earth. And I believe, you know, in the story of Lazarus, which what we have been studying and how Jesus came, I believe we see here a prophecy being uh, fulfilled from Isaiah. When the prophet said that in the land of Zebulun, in the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, this is for you that are listening. This is for us. This is for our nation, for those who have ears to hear. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, life, light is sprung up. Listen to this. And from that time, this is the message of the hour. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message of the hour. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So to all our listeners that are listening, I want to just encourage you to understand that there is still hope that Jesus is bringing hope to those that are seeking him. And and, and I would want to encourage you to continue to go forward in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that you join us tomorrow. And as you can see, uh, 
verse 48 and on, it's packed with a lot of prophecy and we're going to get in, we're going to be getting into some deeper subjects concerning uh, the coming of the Lord and the times that are upon us. So please join us, tell others, and and and, and to get really the the gist of everything we're saying, start from podcast number eight concerning the story of Lazarus nine and ten, and you will see how the, the progressiveness of what we're talking about. I pray that you have been blessed. But before we leave, let us pray, Father. We just want to thank you today, Lord, for your word, God. We thank you, Lord, for the warnings that you are giving us in this hour, God. I thank you, Lord, because you are the life giver. You are the light giver, God. In this hour, Lord, in a time where there's so much confusion, in a time where people are being gripped by fear, in a time, Lord, where there are so many questions and doubts that are lingering in the head and the mind of our of our people, Lord. I pray that this word, God, will bring hope. This word, Lord, will open up the eyes of our understanding to see truly what God is saying in this hour. Father, we have a burden, Lord. We pray for our families, our friends, our loved ones. We pray for our nation. We pray, Lord, for uh, the, 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 our pulpits, Lord, for preachers right now that find themselves, Lord, in the valley of decision. That, Father, that you would raise up amongst, Lord, all of this out of the ashes of people that will declare what thus saith the Lord in this hour, God. Lord, prepare us for what is to come in this hour, Lord. I pray, Lord, that this podcast will reach to those hearts that are hungry, God. And wherever people listen to this, Lord, they will listen to what the Spirit of God is saying, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your protection that you have given us, Lord, up to now. And we plead the blood of Jesus over every family, over every listener that is here, that is listening. We plead the blood of Jesus. We apply the blood over our homes, God. And, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you will take us, Lord, higher in this hour, God, to see things the way that you see them. We thank you for the privilege of speaking these things, Lord. We thank you for the honor you give us, Lord, to open up the scriptures, Lord, still, Lord, and be able to freely proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you in everything we do, and we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.